forget. Always forget. Okay, we, we, good morning. I mean, good evening. We just started. <laughs> and um, <laughs> why are we doing this? Because in this day and age, I feel that our quality of life and our quality of our internal world is going down the tubes, like majorly, because of these wonderful things, right? Because of phones and because of the amount, not just phones, but the amount of um, speed that we're operating at and Manhattan times 50 on top of that, on top of the rest of the world, our brains are, are, are what's the word, atrophying in its ability to stay connected and calm and focused, which is what brings you deep peace and inner tranquility. So I feel that this is really important now. Like I never really did a meditation series. People like the classes and they said do it more, but I never really did it, but I just feel even for myself, it made me start meditating every day because I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm gonna teach you guys something. I better get back into it. So over the last 10 days, I've meditated every day for 20 to 30 minutes and tried to like get back into that space. And it's just so different when you just let go and you just can be with yourself. It, it gives you a certain clarity and connection and inner peace that you cannot get any other way. You just can't, except on Shabbat, especially if you do it on Shabbat. Then I'll go into that. So there's two different states of mind from a Jewish perspective that we flip between. One is called Menucha Sanefesh, which is what we're trying to attain. Menucha means rest and it means tranquility, right? Menucha is what they say you get on which day? Shabbat. Shabbat, right? They call it a Shabbat is a day of Menucha. If you look in the prayer book on Shabbat in the afternoon of Mincha, the afternoon prayers, and you count in the Amida, the Shoni Yesrei, how many times it says Menucha? It says Menucha ten times. Ten times it says Menucha in the one little paragraph, a few paragraphs of the main body of the Shmoni Yesrei Mincha of, of, of Shabbat, not during the weekday. And we know that the number ten is, has a deeper meaning that it gets to the essence of something. Yes, that's why there were 10 plagues. That's why Avram had 10 tests. So 10 gets to the actual essence of something. There's 10 manukas <laughs> in Shabbat. The goal of Shabbat is to get to this inner place of peace and tranquility in your own connection to yourself and God and others, right? So it's even more powerful when you do it on Shabbat because you have access to a higher level of your own soul. So you can access a deeper state more quickly. I found, having done it now, again, the last two Shabbats, even though I meditated every day for seven years, by the way. So every day before I became observant, just to give you a backstory, like why am I up here teaching meditation? So I did it for every day for seven years. Um, I literally, I can't really remember a day that I fully missed completely. There might have been, I did 10 minutes or 15 minutes, but I pretty much did nearly every day. And um, it obviously changed my life. Like I, that to me was, I didn't know God existed. I didn't know about Judaism. I didn't know anything, right? I even went to a crazy retreat called Vipassana which I don't, I don't necessarily don't recommend, where you don't speak me, me not speaking for 10 days. 10 days, me not, it was the probably, I still to this day, one of the hardest things I ever did in my life. 10 days. And you meditated 10 hours a day. Oh, it's interesting, 10. I just connected that now, wow. 10 days, 10 hours a day, meditation. And you think it's like day three, you think you're going crazy. All you're doing is scanning your body and watching sensations. Like that's basically all you're doing. And you think you're going crazy and your body does a subconscious vomit. So all everything in your subconscious starts coming to the foreground and it just starts coming up and you just watch it. You don't react to it. You learn not to react. So you develop a muscle of just witnessing and watching with acceptance, without judgment. Just like, oh, that's interesting. Some things are like, whoa, that's interesting. Like, like things that were just coming up, right? But you just watch it and there's something so liberating about not reacting 
to yourself or to our life or to others. Like I don't have, always have to react. It's good. It's bad. I'm judging. I'm compartmentalizing. I'm, I have to do. I have to, no, no, I don't. I can just sit and watch. And nowadays, we don't even go to the bathrooms alone. Like we don't even go to the bathroom. Okay, we're going to do a quiz later. We're going to do a quiz and you're going to see how bad it is. Okay? But um, the word, everyone's dreading the quiz now. <laughs> the idea is that when, with Menucha Senefesh, this idea of tranquility, that you have Yeshuv Hadas. Yeshuv Hadas means to return to a settled mind. Yeshuv Hadas means that my mind is settled. Yes? Versus the scatteredness that we feel. This has another term called Pizur Hanefesh. The Yeshuv Hadas comes from the word, word Shabbat, literally, right? Shabbat Yeshuv. Yeah, Yeshuv to return comes from the word. Tashuv, right? To return. So what are you returning to? You're returning to your essence. You're returning to your higher self. You're returning back to, yeah, back to your, usually your higher self. Shabbat also means sitting. Again, that idea of the sitting settled mind, yes? So it's very interesting how this is so intrinsically linked in with Shabbat, which of course, when I was in doing the non-Jewish versions, they didn't know about Shabbat. So Shabbat wasn't an option. Like I didn't have that gift of that depth that it could take me to. Um, okay. So Menucha, how do we describe Menucha? It was interesting, there was a story about Rav Eliashev, he was one of the biggest gadolim to live, the biggest rabbis living in Israel. And people would come at a certain hour, exactly on that hour, and come in to ask him questions or, or blessings, ask for blessings. And at that hour, once the hour was finished, his gabbai, who was his guy who organized everything, would usher everyone out. And there was this one time where a, um, a, a guy didn't, didn't leave. And he stood in the back corner behind the bookshelf. And the Gabbai saw the room was empty and he left. And the guy, and there's Rabbi Eliashev by himself. He opens up a Gomorrah to learn. And, there, and the guys, this other guy stayed in here and he's hiding behind the bookshelf. Thinking, oh my gosh, I have Rabbi Eliashev to myself, right? This is amazing. And he goes up and he's like, tense, he's a bit embarrassed because he's being chutzpah, right? And he says, oh, Rabbi Eliashev. And Rabbi Eliashev is like reading, he's learning already. And he says, Rabbi Yashiv. And Rabbi Yashiv just keeps learning. And it looks like he's ignoring him. Rabbi Yashiv keeps saying his name louder and louder and louder until the point where the Gabbai comes back in. And he says, oh, he won't hear you. I said, what do you mean? He said, he's so absorbed in what he's doing, he won't hear you. He had such an ability to be with such menuchas nefesh, such focus on the moment of whatever he was in, that he literally blocked out everything around him. That, that was his ability to be whatever he's doing, he's completely in the present moment with. Can you even I, I, I get annoyed on a train if I'm trying to like read my phone and some, right? It's crazy. Or, or the ability to focus your mind into a point and be in the moment with that, with whoever it is, whether it's a person, whether it's a reading a book, whether it's focusing on your school or on studies or a job, whatever it is, to be in the moment with something and to block everything out, to be able to have that such power and mastery over your mind to do that, that's what brings that inner tranquility. It's when we get pulled into a million pieces, you know, and I find all I want to do when I wake up in the morning, I've got to do this and this, and I get up, and by 11, 12 o'clock, I've not even done this and this, because I'm so busy responding and reacting to everything else that's caught my attention and distracted me along the way, and then I feel really annoyed, and I've been pulled in a million different directions. It was sounding familiar. And I, can't focus, and I can't remember what I had to do unless I wrote it down. It's, it's crazy. Like our minds are deteriorating. Or the, the fridge stare. You know the fridge stare? Yeah. <laughs> you got to the fridge and you just stare. And then there's nothing there and you go away. And then two minutes later you come back and you open the fridge. 
Uh-huh. And you find, what am I, I just looked in the fridge, right? But like, you know, is this just me? Uh-huh. <laughs> right? The fr- your mind is so scattered, it's all over the place. Manuchas and nefesh comes from the ability to focus. Or imagine if you won a lottery ticket and you had to fly across the country to, get, to cash in the lottery ticket. And in order to fly across the country, the time you had to get there for, to get in time to get the cash, you had to fly on the most horrible, debaucherous airplane in the most horrible class with stinky carpet and odors and it stunk. They still smoke on the plane and like, I don't know, whatever, right? And you're in the very, very uncomfortable flight. Could you care less? No. You're going to pick up a million dollars from your lottery ticket? You, you would deal with any discomfort because you were so focused on what you were going for that you could really handle and put into perspective any other discomforts. Whereas if you didn't have that goal and you weren't going for that, can you imagine? Oh my gosh, how could they do this? I want my money back. This is un- I can't stand this. This is unbearable. You'd be so in a inner turmoil because of the environment and distracted by the environment, you wouldn't be able to stay calm and... But you would have a calm if you knew that your purpose was for a certain reason. You stayed focused on that purpose. Yeah, you hear? So it turns out, Manuchas and Nefesh, which we want for meditation, like, ah, like I'm in some spiritual realm. And, right? We think that's what we think we're going to get. But really, Manuchas and Nefesh comes from being focused, which sounds a bit boring, I'm sorry. But like, it just, right? It's not as exciting. It's an interesting, before I was observant, I was reading a book, of course, by a Jew about Buddhism. Um, yeah, yeah, Jubu. Buju. Is it Buju or Jubu? I, I always felt like Jubu. Put the Jew first. It is Jubu. It's Jubu, right? Yeah. Or Buju. And um, choose your own adventure. Yeah, choose your own adventure. <laughs> anyway, his name was Jack Cornfield, and um, he wrote a book called After the Ecstasy, the Laundry. Meaning, you can go up to the highest heights of spirituality and have these amazing experiences, which is what he did for many, many years. And he had crazy experiences and wonderful experiences and achieved such a state of stillness and a nullification and expansion and everything. And then he went to his family barbecue and he couldn't stand it. And he found his reactions were exactly the same to his family that they were 10 years ago, despite sitting on a mountaintop doing all this inner work. <laughs> in isol- right? Can you imagine coming out? The same Auntie Meryl does, looks at you and, and says like, oh my gosh, are you still not found a wife? Like, or whatever it is. And you're just like, oh my gosh. Like, what's wrong? All right. It still will press those buttons, yeah? Whatever, whatever your buttons are, if you, if you haven't put what you're doing internally into the world, into, into action in some way, into some focus. If it's just about my own experience. And, so this is also one of the differences between Jewish and non-Jewish meditation. One of the differences between Jewish and non-Jewish meditation is that non-Jews have a path of separating away from the physical in order to go up spiritually, right? Abstinence, celibacy, moving away from the physical. It's a legitimate spiritual path to move up. But Jews, if you're born a Jew, you have a spiritual Jewish soul, which is hardwired for something different, which is the exact opposite. Our job is to engage the physical world and elevate it. Yeah, I want to be in the world. I'm in the world and I want to elevate it. I'm, I'm meant to elevate it. And I, it was one moment for me that I didn't even know it was anything to do with Judaism because I, I didn't even know about anything Jewish or about God or anything. And I was with a monk, a big, big top monk, like a llama, right? Monk, not animal. And I was in the car and um, I was in the car. <laughs> Got a good laugh from Aria. And um, I love how it takes you half a second 
second, and then you laugh. <laughs> she likes to process deeply. Um, not being reactive, you know. Not being reactive. Equanimity. Equanimity. That's what this is. And uh, and we were we were um, in a car together in the middle of middle of the outback in Australia. Yes, there were koalas on the side of the road. Yes, there were kangaroos. Yes, it was really cute. And um, we were driving around. And we actually ran over an animal. I don't know what it was to this day. It could have been a koala. So sorry. Um, and we, we ran over it. Probably not. It's usually a kangaroo. But we would have seen it. So I don't know what it was. It was an animal. And I remember jumping like, <gasps> like, oh my gosh, that's so bad. Like so bad. And this, this llama, of a, who was like a top spiritual great person in his area, said without moving with equanimity, which is about not reacting, in comes life, out goes life. And I remember thinking, that's amazing, but that doesn't feel right to me. For me, that didn't feel right. Like, I was like, not, like, I don't want, like, I didn't want to get to that point where I've, I couldn't articulate why that didn't felt, feel quite right for me. But it was just a moment. I still stayed involved and did stuff, but I just, I, don't, I didn't know how to explain it until I learned about Judaism later. That our, we would still mourn, we would still cry, and we would still use the guidance from something higher, but it's not about detachment of the world. Where for them it is, right? But I was a Jew, so it didn't speak to me in a core way, in the same way, right? It was a fascinating moment. So the difference often between Jewish and non-Jewish meditation, non-Jewish goes up to get a spiritual experience. Jews will um, focus on their relationship with God, even in meditation. You can actually get to your own essence, which is connected to God through meditation. Um, and you also get, you can also use meditation, of course, for all the other benefits, psychologically, emotionally, right? And all those other things will come of that as well, for your own health. We know all those things on the more physical realm. Okay, the other state of mind, which we know well, is called Pizur Hanefesh, yes? Which literally translates as scattered mind. Pizur is scattered, yeah? What's the other one? Manucha. Manucha Hanefesh is like calm, yeah? And uh, Pizur is scattered. Um, is it scattered mind or scattered soul? Well, it's, we call Hanefesh, we also relate to as the mind, but yeah. Scattered soul, scattered mind. The, the soul can only be scattered, we, it sits in the mind. In the uh, Midrash, I want to read this to you. Actually, I'm going to hand this out. No, I'm not. I can't <laughs> tell you. I'll give it to you. Take one later if you want it. It says that um, what happened basically, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't want to take too long. Um, basically, what happened was we were in Egypt and we were starting to get too reflective and we were starting to think about what we were doing there and that maybe we should do tshuva or maybe we should, you know, whatever. And, and, and Paro got nervous. Para got nervous that we were going to rebel and that we were going to, you know, we already, you know, I think Amosha had just asked if we could go into the desert. And so now Para is getting nervous, like, what, are they going to revolt? What do you mean the whole people should go? So what, he, what did he assume? He assumed we have too much time on our hands to reflect. So he says, keep them busy. Because if you keep them busy, they're not going to have any time to reflect. And that's when he ordered that we should also make our own straw to make, put into the bricks, to make the bricks, to build the stuff that he knocked down. So he gave us endless, meaningless work, right, to work. And it used to be that we would get bricks and we would build stuff. But when he saw we had time, uh, in time you can reflect and get clarity and depth, depth and, and, and take a, a, a course of action or rebel because of that clarity, he said, I've got to keep them busy the whole time. So he said, now you have to make the straw that, go, that, that makes the bricks. And he ordered us to make straw, which, meant no, which made no sense in it. And it obviously just filled up all of our time with back-breaking labor so that we would have no time to think. Because if you have time to think, you will, find, you will connect with your truth. You will connect with the deeper reality. And he wanted to keep us busy. So we choose to do that to ourselves all the time, yeah, to keep ourselves busy. 
So we don't have time to think and reflect. And if you don't pause at least once a week, Shabbat, at some point to, to do that, then for sure you've got no time in your week that you actually connect with yourself in a deeper way. So, um, it's interesting. He says here, confused, insecure, fragmented, and impulsive are, are characteristics of Pizur and Nefesh. Actually, this is a really good book you might like. Shia Ostrov, O-S-T-R-O-V, Ostrov. He writes about the Manucha principle and marriage, in dating, in families, for yourself. He's got like four different books. It's a similar content, just adapted for the different scenarios. But it, it, it is life-changing if you want to look at how... Yeah, it, it's fast. And he's got work, work, uh, workbooks with it too. It the Manucha principle. M-E-N-U-C-H-A-H, Manucha principle. And uh, that's what I'm reading from now. And he basically says that, um, in short, there are a multitude of negative thought patterns that prevent people from recognizing their truth and their clarity. Uh, the word pizur means to be spread out, scattered and unfocused. Um, and what happens is, this is interesting, once we're in these negative states of experience, we're essentially imprisoned in them. And we frequently rationalize our right to feel insecure and worried and unstable and fidgety and depressed. We, we, we rationalize it. And then we wallow in many other similar states of negative personal experience. And then we think it's acceptable. Like it's normal. So then you end up locking yourself in. So that's very sad. Okay, so we're going to try and break that. Um, and now, I hate to say it, but if you really want to change something in your life, you can't just do it once it's sold. You have to really put aside, even I would say 10 minutes a day if you're not used to it. Wake up 10 minutes earlier. Literally, it won't affect your day but it will affect your mind if you do it 10 minutes a day every day especially for 40 days 40 days to change a habit 10 minutes a day if you really you don't have to you can just happily come into the next month i'm not going to i'm not going to quiz you but um but if you want to change anything i recommend practicing some of this for the next month okay this is just a source sheet before we get into that we're going to take a piz quiz. You don't have to. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to answer aloud, but in your own mind, what do you do at a traffic light in the car? <laughs> what percentage of the time do you go to the bathroom alone without any electronic device? How likely is it that you would? <laughs> Am I missing true confessions? So crazy. <laughs> oh right, you don't have red lights. All right, you're on subway. Wait, are you? Yeah, yeah, it's not no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just answer the questions in your head. How likely is it? How likely is it you would get up in the night to get a drink or use the restroom and not check a gadget? Do you sleep with your iPhone or, or Android next to you? Do you get up and check email or check email and get up? I. I feel the pain. <laughs> when, was the, when, was the last, when was the last time you walked anywhere or traveled on a train in silence by choice? Me. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Good one. Amazing. Yeah. And what feelings or sensations honestly do you experience when you realize your phone is about to die and you don't have access to a charger? <laughs> what? They're such good questions because I know them well. Don't you worry. Okay. Um, that just shows you how we, how we live. Okay. Um, the idea of meditation, if you ask what is meditation, you would, someone would describe it as thought directed by my will, like where I want to focus my thought, right? I, wherever I choose to focus is what I want 
is a type of meditation, whether it's on a mantra, whether it's on a, on a flower, or whatever I'm meditating on, right? It's thought directed by my will, whatever I choose to put my mind, my mind to. So it's interesting because in Judaism, we have an idea of kavana. Kavana means, comes from the root kivun, which literally means to aim. Literally means to aim. So what does that mean? When do we use kavana? Does anyone know when we use the word kavana? Like in what context relating to what? Praying with kavana. So it's usually to do a mitzvah. What's your kavana? What's your intention with any mitzvah? Whatever it is, right? So, okay, that's cute. That's nice. When I pray, I probably should have something in mind. Um, But anything, it's any mitzvah. Honoring your mother, right? Honoring your parents, like whatever, right? It's any mitzvah. And it's interesting because if you do a mitzvah that is often also a good deed without kavana, it's a bit scary to say this, but it's not technically known in the spiritual sense as a mitzvah. It's still a good deed and you still get merit for it. But it doesn't connect you spiritually if you had zero intent. Meaning the power of intent is so strong, right? But it's what, how you prepare. If you prepare your mind to do the mitzvah in the right way, meaning that I want, I'm, I'm intending to do this because I also want to connect spiritually, that kavana will spiritually connect you. Versus if you just do it out of rote or habit or you don't, you're just doing it because it's a good deed. That's lovely. That's fine. That's nice. You still get merit. But it won't connect you as spiritually. Does that make sense? Okay. So kavana, it's interesting, is very, very crucial to anything Jewish. And that's why also practicing kavana focus in meditation is crucially related to when you come out of meditation in the mitzvahs and what you do. Because the ability to focus your mind then carries out into the rest of your Judaism and the rest of your life. Even, even like, I want to choose to, to, to build up that person. I see they're having a bad day. I'm going to go over and build that person up. And you go over with the kavana that this is, a, this is a mitzvah to cheer someone up and it's a chesed and I really care about them and I want to do this for this reason. So then it lifts you up spiritually. It lifts them up and rather than, yeah, rather than operating from rote. Okay. Um, does everyone have a pen and paper? I mean, the paper in front of you. Does anyone have a pen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does everyone have? No? I have no? my bag. There's extra. Um, there probably is. It's oh, two. Who sex? doesn't have? Oh my gosh. Oh, wow, wow. Do you know where they are? I'll find um, I think they're in the. I'll ask. Yeah, ask Rabbi Lena if he's up there or Ari. Ari's up there. Sorry. Do you have pens? How many do you have? Two. Okay. Can we share? Huh? Uh, probably not. I have pens. Okay, so while she's up there, I'm going to talk about this. The two goals of meditation. The two goals of meditation. There's many, many goals of meditation. It can relax you. It's good for heart problems. It's good for stress levels. It's good for all, all sorts of things. We know that, right? Psychology, psychological, it's good for stress. But the t- if, if I was thinking about it. What are the two main goals of meditation? And one is... Thank you. Does anyone need? We're sharing. No, you, can't, you won't be able to share. It's going to be connected to meditation. One is... To quiet and focus your mind, like we just said. One goal of meditation is to be able to quiet and focus your mind. To calm it down from the Pizra Nefesh into Manukas Nefesh, to be able to focus it and be able to practice that focus. And the other is also to build your inner world, to change something if you want to change something internally. You can practice enormous different states of mind and states of emotion and states of connection in a meditation, and it really does start, it's like a muscle, you're practicing a different reality. So the two things are quiet, to quiet and focus your mind, which gives you that nefesh. but also say you want to practice a certain meter, a certain type of connection, character trait, you can also build and shift and heal and grow in your inner world as well. 
So what I felt over the next series, three, four, four, five, six times we meet, that we'll work on different aspects of that. We'll, work, we'll actually work on internally uh, building ourselves. But I, I try to pick things that I think everyone relates to, like acceptance. Yeah, that's what we're going to do today. If we have, to, I hope well, we, will, we will have time. Um, but I just felt I couldn't rush into it without some of this background. This is all really, really important. So no pens. Oh, here. Thank you so much. Uh, might be behind that. No? Oh, there is a light. Okay. Um, okay. One of the ways we use to focus on a point, which is again the, the fact that the, the idea here is focus, is we pick a mantra. Yeah, we pick a mantra. Have you heard of what a mantra is? A mantra is just a focal point. Um, one really good one to, to, to focus on is shalom. If you'll notice the om is in there. wonder where that came from. Um, right, shalom. And also, it's good to focus on a mantra or a word. It's just a word that you want to internalize. It could be acceptance. It could be peace. Shalom literally means wholeness. Yes? And it also means peace. Um, another one Rav Arya Kaplan talks about. If you want to learn more about meditation, you can buy a small book called Jewish Meditation by Rav Arya Kaplan. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, he recommends a Don Olam, Master of the World, meaning that there's a Master of the World. Um, Jewish Meditation. Just Jewish Meditation. Arya, Rav Arya Kaplan. Um, and he talks a lot about the history and also likes different techniques. And he goes through the fact there's structured, unstructured, and there's visual and verbal and internal, external, and all different types we're going to do a verbal, visual, internal meditation. But in the meantime, we talked also just now about, just for Bianca's sake, um, that you have a, the two goals of, of meditation are to one, quiet and focus the mind. And the second is to build your inner world, to be able to, to grow and build your world in whichever way. Um, so you see that the whole answer to inner calm is, is calm is the ability to concentrate. Without that ability, which is the thing we're all lacking a lot of and we got worse at, it's very hard to have that sense of inner calm in the moment. Um, okay. So what we thought I thought I'd do now is a quick short intro to meditation before the, the proper one that I'm going to guide you through is the first step is to become aware of your internal world. It's to become aware of how your mind works without judgment. This is not about judgment. The next of the next all the series that we're doing together. It should just be about curiosity. Be curious about your internal world, right? Be curious. That's interesting. Not, I'm doing, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Am I, right? Because that's going back into the judgment. Just, I'm being curious and I'm just noticing. That should be the backdrop of everything you do. I'm just being curious and I'm noticing. That's interesting that I do that. Let me learn more about that, right? There's no judgment. Once you start getting into judgment mode, then you start going into Pizzer and Nefesh and, right? Manucha comes from acceptance. That's why I felt tonight was so important because I think women particularly, men too, but women particularly struggle with a sense of um, being able to just accept, accept and like, did I offend her? Did I, do I want approval? Do I, did I do it right? Did I, like there's a lot of self-doubt and there's a lot of fear and, and there's always exceptions, men and women, but uh, it's a very typical uh, 
female response i mean you ever spoken to a guy and you're saying but i don't know but do you think they looked at me because of that do you think of that and they're like i don't know chill like just i don't get over it like you know guys really do act like that they really don't go by all the details and, the, and we go through that in our head and we do it to ourselves so we, we often do that to it. we blame ourselves and we judge ourselves and we, so much of our life is just not being in the moment with ourselves so the first step of being present with someone else is you have to be present with you and there's a beautiful idea here on, on this sheet i handed out to you I'm, I'm just jumping ahead here for a second, but it's, it's going to be relevant. The first here is this famous Perke Avos, right? Im ein ani li mili. If I am not for myself, who will be for me? Yes, if I'm not for myself, who will be for me? Mm-hmm. So here's an interesting question comes up. What's the difference between ani and li? If I am not for me, who will be for me? Right? Im ein ani li. If I am not for me, there's two words for I and me. So what is the difference between I and me? Isn't Ani the subject and Lee is the object? In technical terms, what's the deeper meaning here? Mm. I'll call I and me, yes, but... I is your existence and Lee is like for me. What like does it it's mean? an action. Yes, but which part of me is for there for me is weird. I'm just me. I'm just me. So if I am not for me, which is the I and which is the me? What does that mean? It's like there's two of me. Your thinking versus your soul. Interesting. Your acting okay getting closer going round and round close you're getting close do you hear that it's, in, it's indicating there's two things there's two parts of me here if i am not for me that's interesting so like your will or like your folk like your your thought is what for like that's i is my thought okay which part which thought i have good thoughts and bad thoughts okay now you're just spitting things at me yeah. <laughs> i want the real stuff if you had to explain that in your own words, how would you? I wouldn't. <laughs> She's so honest. Literally I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I would never say that. I just pulled that out of last week's class, right? Yeah. She's actually right. Really? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, the difference here between Ani and Lee is really, is really amazing. Um, let me just read it. I just don't want to miss it. It's awesome. Ani here is your soul. And your me, your me is your lower self. The I self is the deepest self. It's an ashama. It's our soul. It's our personalized facet of the divine image that is, that is my specific personal expression of that. By contrast, the me is the persona we develop during lifetime. It's the elements of me that originate from others, from society, from that which is outside I. I is the inner essence of me, my higher self, my pure self, my soul self, right? That voice that knows. It's, the wit- it's often the witness, the part that's watching everything. You know, when you do something, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that because there's a part of watching yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the I, right? And the, the me is the ego. It's the lower self. It's the self that cares about what everyone thinks, right? Care about what she has and why don't I have that and all of that stuff, yeah? It's, it's, it's much more interactive with the world. It's about marital status and your financial status and how do I appear to other, right? That's the me. It's the lower self. It's not that one is bad, but you really need to be coming and living from your higher self to be happy in life. And the younger self, it's like a lower self, it's like a child. It should be carried along with you. It's not about being judged. The first place of happiness and manuchas and nefesh is to be connected between the I and the me. It's to be connected here. Any of you know my world of connection talks to death, right? The first point of connection is between myself. Which parts of myself? The ani and the li. The soul and the neshama, uh, the, sorry, the soul and, the, and the, the lower self, right? The neshama and the nefesh. 
The nefesh is the lowest level of the soul. The neshama is a higher level of soul. They're all parts of the same soul, but the nefesh is driven by the physicality. Make sense? Okay. So if I'm not for me, who will be for me, right? There'll be no one there. If I'm always in reaction to my environment, then I'll never be happy ever. So the first place of working on acceptance and of being in the moment and being connected and being calm is to just become aware of your inner world and what takes you out of that. So what we're going to do now is that there are generally... um, there are generally four types of thoughts that I've categorized. You could think of another one. I'm open to the fact I've missed one. Four types of thoughts that take you out of the moment. And they are, you could write this, write this down on the bottom of the page or the other side of the page. Memories, fantasies, pleasures, and worries. Worries are my favorite. And we all have a default that is your default favorite of taking you out of the moment. And memories are obviously thinking through something just happened, something at work, something in your childhood, something with mum and dad, something like with a friend, replaying over, that guy, whatever, right? Memories are going over something that happened. A fantasy is going off into, into fantasy land, dreaming, a daydreaming about what you hope to happen or what could happen or what you should have done differently, or right? That's fantasy. Right? Memories are going back into something that happened. Pleasures is about focusing on, again, the pleasure of whether it be food, whether it be whatever, something, something, a physical desire of some sort. And worries are about, oh my gosh, I didn't do that. Oh my gosh, did I turn the stove off? Oh my, what's for dinner? Oh, I need to make that. Right? I've got, I, this is me all the time. Non stop. This is non stop. Yeah, this is non stop me. Right? Oh my gosh, I, as soon as I sit down and shut my eyes, I've got to call this person, that person, I've got to forget that, whatever, call for Yanka. Like, right, you know, like, I, it's like, and that's just taking me out of the moment. So I just chose to sit, sit down with myself for 10 to 15 to 20 minutes, right? So what I want you to do now, what we're all going to do is just, we're going to pick, you're going to pick that mantra, whatever mantra you think. It could be a word that you want to internalize. It could be a word that you just find easy to say. It's nice to pick a positive word, whatever, whatever it is you want, you can pick. Um, and it's better not to pick a name of someone. Um, um, but you, any other idea, it could be acceptance, it could be shalom, it could be whatever, you, you pick. You can just say it silently in your head. And we're going to close our eyes and I just want you to gently, we'll start focusing on the mantra. And then what I want, what's going to happen is, which happens with meditation, the practice of meditation is this, where your mind will naturally wander off from the, away from the mantra. As soon as you notice your mind has wandered off, I want you to notice what you were thinking about without judgment. And I want you just to write down the letter or the word on your piece of paper. We keep your eyes, like just open one eye, one eye and just like write like fantasy or M for memory or P for pleasure or W for worry, okay? And just go and then just close your eyes again. And then just come back to the mantra and stay the mantra. You can say the mantra with, just say it slowly in sync with your breath. And then what will happen is your mind will wander again and then you'll just be, you could be gone for a minute thinking about whatever you're thinking about. At some point you're gonna realize, oh, I'm not focusing on my mantra. And you're just gonna notice what you were thinking about, write down the letter and come back to the mantra. Yes. Can you give an example of the mantra? Like what? What is that? shalom? I would say shalom. Shalom, and it would just say it quietly. I would be like, shalom. Shalom, and I would do it in like with every breath. I would say the word, shalom. 
Right. And, and the goal is to, to gently focus on shalom. It doesn't, it's not about necessarily what it means and the deep depth right. of it, and it's not about analyzing it, just about focusing on the word shalom and just saying it in your, in your mind quietly. Yeah, you can say it aloud in a whisper also, if that's better for you to feel like you're concretizing it, just that so you hear it. So let's just, we're going to spend just a few minutes. I just want you to notice, again, no judgment, just the nature of your thoughts. And notice, so let's, let's everyone get comfortable. So the idea is to get comfortable and not, um, ideally not cross your legs. But get comfortable and also that so much, not so much that you're going to fall asleep, ideally. But if you've, if you've drunk a ton of beer and you're exhausted, or you're exhausted anyway, you might fall asleep, but that's fine, that's fine. Just, just, just enjoy the nap. Okay, so closing your eyes if you feel comfortable. If all phones are off, that would be great, and I'll vibrate, because if it vibrates, everyone's focus is going to go to your phone. Um, good. And taking a deep breath in. Taking a deep breath out. And this is just a basic, basic meditation. Just gently bringing your attention now to a word that you've chosen and starting to say it in your mind about the pace of your breath. Very soon your mind will wander off and when it does just notice that it's wandered off and what you were thinking about just write down a letter and go back to your mantra. If you're not writing anything yet, then you're not aware that you've wandered off. just noticing your inner world, what it's like when you close your eyes. Is it 
hard or easy to focus on your mantra. Just notice how you feel sitting here with yourself in a quiet space. No judgment, just curiosity. Which parts are tense, which parts are relaxed? Is it comfortable? Is it uncomfortable? Is it hard to focus on the mantra? What mantra? And in your own time, just gently becoming aware of this room, feeling your feet on the ground, and coming back into the room. Anyone want to share? That was just a three minute tiny little taste. It wasn't, we're about to do the real one. I just wanted you to get a sense of just what it's like when you go in and just what awareness did you bring to that and what did you sense what was your self-awareness and then was there anything any theme or pattern that came up most people can't hold the mantra for less than for more than 30 seconds yeah can I add another yes sure annoyance like I find Ah. myself thinking about like small things throughout the day that annoyed me okay if that makes sense or frustration maybe right yeah it could be a memory yeah it's always something that happened yeah, like small little things and like, oh, this person did that and that yeah. bothered me. Okay, so it could be memory, but if it's a, for you, if it's a specific theme of annoyance, so that's a motivator for you to move out of the moment. But that's good for you to know for your self-awareness. But yeah, okay, annoyance is good. Like worries. Worries is one and annoyance is another. Yeah. You, that came up more that, like more than once for you? Yeah. As a theme? Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, I did life. I don't know. Like King's Day and then I life? As a yeah. mantra? Yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Um, and then I, I don't know like I did like the first thing that came up was like meaning and then like I did love then I also did like hard work like hard or like good times or um, were the thoughts yeah like just like different thoughts of that and yeah like relationships 
So like memories? What, yeah. what of the categories came up for you? The thoughts? You had, you had the focus is life. Life, and then I was thinking of like meaningful. Like, I was thinking of what life is like that. You went to analyze the mantra. Yeah. Rather than just stay focused with the mantra. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, analytical. So yeah. you're analyzing. Yeah. And I just like did like, like what, how I feel about life. I don't know. Ah, that's interesting. And that's what took you away from the mantra. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I guess what would that be? That would be... Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what category that would be. That would be like anal- analyzing. I, I analyze. Yeah. I wrote I ana- analyzing. You also wrote analyzing. Yeah, and I also wrote present because like you have memories and you have fantasies and you have worries, but and pleasures. But what about just other million present things? What was present? What does that mean? Meaning like not worry some things or not fantasy things or not things in the past, but just like. While I'm here, I'm thinking, oh, I also have this compartment, that compartment, that compartment, that compartment. They don't necessarily generate anything, but it just shifted what to like... What compartments? Like what? Like roommates, work, family, <laughs> like what, but what are you thinking a million about? things going on at about? the same time. Just like... It sounds like worry to me, honey. No, now, <laughs> now I'm worried that I'm not saying the right thing. <laughs> no, but um, like, no, you don't, there's no, there's no right and wrong, but it sounds mm-hmm. like when you start thinking about all those parts of your life... What what do you mean? You're just going through them, reliving. What do you do? Like, are you yeah, like I have this you... going on that I need to do. I have that. Not necessarily worried, but no, like but need to do that, that that. But to do the worries. Okay. I need to do this. I need to get that done. I need to work. Like it's not a worry. Like I'm not scared. It's just like to do. I've got to do like happenings. Yeah, happenings. Happenings. I have a question. Yeah. Okay, so mine was a Muna. So if I'm, I couldn't. That's help. a nice one. Thank you. Hmm. <laughs> so. Uh, a muna, like, like, like faith, Last one. 
think I kind of did it wrong. Um, no I right or wrong. <laughs> Well, I always think, like, every day, like, I'm always replaying memories, fantasies, pleasures, and worries. Like, literally my whole day, that's what I'm doing. Um, I had a lot going on today. So, I I never really meditated, but I kind of I didn't really have a, a, a mantra. I was hearing, you said shalom, so I just thought shalom. Okay. Kind of, I think this is the first time I ever really saw clarity when I was, like, closing my eyes. Like, usually I see, like, a million things, but I kind of just saw, like, white and just, like, Nice. Really, really took it in, which is so weird because I never wow. do that. And then I was just saying shalom in my head, and I was just like, saw like kids waiting, and I felt like I was in Israel. I don't know, like weird. But so your 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 distractions were your your taking you out of reality to took you to Israel. That's okay then. No, <laughs> no, not, you're allowed. No, not even. I just feel like I'm always thinking about all these things throughout the day. Like I seriously, right before I came here, so much was going on. So it's like the opposite for you. Yeah, the opposite. Meditate, everything stops, and your day is yeah, like I just saw like blink, which never really happens. Okay, yeah. so this is interesting. All interesting. There's, not, there's no right and there's no wrong. There's only process. So everything is a learning process, right? Yeah, last one. I wanted to I kept, my mind kept wondering, wandering to this moment in Annie Hall where <laughs> Woody Allen is like this neurotic New Yorker goes to LA and he's like just disgusted by how chill and relaxed and positive everyone is and he goes to this house party and it suddenly like you're looking at all the guests and the camera pans to Jeff Goldblum who's picking up the phone and the first thing he says is hi I forgot my mantra what is it but <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah I couldn't get that out of my head okay memories is that a memory? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's related to the mantra. Right. There we go. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. I um, had a lot of memories of past meditations and, mm-hmm. and instruction. Also another holy uh, holy technique to take you off. Yeah. Great. Well, I was wondering, you know, with all your experience meditating, I'm sure when you do it, you also think of past experiences. Sure. Meditating. And that's a distraction. Oh, not necessarily meditating, but I think lots of other things, like worries and what I'm doing. It depends also, sometimes I have amazing meditations, sometimes I have terrible med- meaning, and again, when I say terrible, it's because my mind wants me to have the ideal, right? But it, it's just, it just is what it is in that moment. But um, when I say terrible, I mean, I just can't, I don't stay focused at all. And other times I feel like I really stayed focused and dropped to a much deeper level of quieting the mind, and I feel a million bucks. And the more you practice this, the more you're able to go, you, what you're doing basically is you're forming a pathway down to your deeper self, and it's, then it becomes much easier to get down there. It, like it becomes, a, it's a muscle, literally. So as much as you practice this, 30 to 40 days every day, we'll, we'll, you'll you'll develop a pathway. Um, it's really worth it as an investment. That's my my opinion. Okay, so let's do. If you need a drink, take a drink. Like I, I want to do a more serious meditation. That was just to give you a sense of self-awareness. <laughs> Preferably not beer. I know I debated putting out the beer. You can take whatever. And yeah, it does. A little bit too much. Um, by the way, that is the template for drugs. Is it? Yes. Um, the, 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 the template for drugs is not that I recommend them or anything because they're really more destructive than anything, is that they can give peak experiences of potential realities that people can not get in this lifetime necessarily the same way so some extreme drugs can give you but the idea is that it, it's an expanded consciousness that people want that pe- yeah well any any drug really gives you some type of different altered experience right now obviously it really just harms your whole being so it's not worth ever doing but 
but the idea is that yeah, it, people yearn for that, and you can get there a natural way. You know, people come off a high up going from the hotel, and there's no drinking involved, there's no drugs, uh, just from connection, right? People want that expanded consciousness. Okay, and also just the second, the second here is this is a beautiful idea Jack Co Rabbi Jack Cohen's just shared last week that I'd never heard of, and I just thought it was so beautiful and fits so into this that he says that the, every other time that um, that God appears to um, Abraham. He appears with a, uh, a commandment or a, what, what he needs to do now for the Jewish people. It's always coming with an action. And the only time that God doesn't, doesn't come with a commandment is after Avram gives himself a circumcision. And he comes to visit him as visiting the sick mitzvah. It's the idea mitzvah introduces the mitzvah when we visit the sick. And that when you visit the sick, it just says God appeared to him. All it says is, Vayera elav Hashem. Mamre, right in the fields of Mamre, Hashem just appeared to him. That when you visit the sick, all people need is your presence. Your presence of just being with someone is enough to create healing and change. Now we don't believe this because we often don't experience it, and we think it's not enough, and we've got to do more, right? But that's why the halacha, when you visit the sick, is you just go to visit them and just do whatever they need. If it's sitting there in silence, it's silence. When you go to a shiva house and someone's sitting shiva, you are not allowed halakhically to speak to them unless they speak to you because all they really need is your presence. That presence is comforting enough. So there's such a power in presence and God is showing us he just appeared to Avraham. Just, I'm here, right? And that that presence is the same thing we need to be doing with ourselves in meditation. Just appear to yourself, yeah? Has to start here. Just appear to yourself. Just be with yourself without doing anything, without having to be something. Just, it's okay. It's just okay. However I am in this moment is fine. If it's not ideal, it's fine. If it, you know, if it is ideal, great. Like, there's no, just however you are is okay. And I don't think we get to practice that state and that position very often at all. And meditation can be enormously powerful with just practicing that muscle of it's just okay. I'm just okay as I am. Whatever is going on with me right now, it's all right. It's totally acceptable. And it's from that place. And the irony is it's like how to get out of the box. The instructions of how to get out of the box are on the outside of the box. Like sometimes you can't do it, but just do it. So I've seen enormously miraculous healing take place when you just bring a sense of acceptance to whatever is happening in your life. Whatever is happening. Whether it's with you internally, whether it's with a family member, whether it's with yeah, a friend, uh, just accept, I'm not going to fight to change it, I just accept it. Once you create that acceptance, it magically somehow changes, it's the most bizarre thing, yeah? Yeah. I have a question because that sort of reminds me of maybe the monk's perspective when he had the accident. Like he didn't react, he just kind of let it happen yes. and it is what it is. So that's what I thought about, but you said it's not consistent with today. He didn't go to it and connect to it. He went away from it. I see. That's how it felt. Okay. I'm saying totally go to it and be with it. Okay. And through doing that and through being with it, it can elevate it. Not on its own. Like, that's the first step. But we don't even practice that first step ever. We don't even know how to do it. We're like, okay, what's next? Okay, what do I have to do? Okay, what? Yeah? Okay, but what does it look like to do it right? Yeah, that, that, all of that is from an inability to just sit with what is. I don't know. Let's explore it. Ah, I can't handle that. Ah, right? Yeah? Yeah. That accident, when that, his reaction made it seem like, oh, everything happens for a reason. Like, that, that's what I got out of that. 
Yeah, but you can do that from a. a um, Ray, he didn't like, how, okay, how would you feel if you walked into a shiver house and you said, you know, it happened for a reason? Yeah, no, I just had this conversation the other day. Like, You'd be like, ah, get out! Right? Yeah. I just had a conversation on Chavez, like, yeah, if you, like, how everything happens for a reason. I'm a big believer in that. But if you walk into a shiver house, you're not gonna, you're not going to say to the person. Yeah. <laughs> we're about to do our meditation, Marilyn. You're about to do it? Yes, we're literally about to do it this second. Do you want to, do you want to join? No, I'm just kidding. No, you won't like it. So we'll wait, we'll wait. Huh? We'll wait. You're about to start right now? Yeah, we'll wait. Okay, I just, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the building. You don't have to leave the building. Put my stuff to the back? Yeah, yeah, yes, it's good. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Who wanted to go to the summit? Sam and Lisa. Okay, here. That's Robert Lynn, by the way. That's Rebellion. Oh, you know Rebellion. Oh, Do you yeah. know Rebellion? Yes. Yes. You know Rebellion? No. She was in London. She was in London. She was. Oh, oh my gosh, silly. Oh my gosh, totally didn't remember. Because you know why? Because he heard his back and I and I felt like he wasn't right, in London. Right. Um, okay, sorry, I interrupted. No, I was just saying, I just had this conversation on job. It's like, I'm a big believer in like everything happens for a reason. But like, if you're going to pay a shiva call, you're not going to be like, oh, sorry. Exactly. Like, everything happens for right. a reason. Meaning, because that's not being connected to what's going on. Right. Do you hear? Yeah. Do you hear the difference there, Lauren? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, she's being in meditation with a beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she was totally at one with the beer. I that, that you were totally, I know, I felt no, no, it. I was looking at the word meditation on the paper. And you were like, <laughs> feeling the beer. Oh she my was God. totally, she didn't even hear me. She was so in the moment with the beer. Okay. Um, <laughs> not my she's going to sleep now, forget it. But she's saying, we're saying that it wouldn't feel connected to the reality to walk into a shiver house and say everything right. happens for a reason, even though technically that's true. Okay. Yeah, like there's a difference between literally pulling back from what's happening to go into right. a different alternate space versus actually connecting to reality and saying, you Bye, Rebellion. Bye. Bye. Enjoy. Right. No, Meditate on the beer. I, I got the for that. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Um, quick question. Yep. Um, so you were talking about acceptance, and I don't know, it seems to me that that's not the like natural reaction of most people to just accept things. 100%. So how, is the goal to, to like make that shift, to have that every time, or is that not real? Acceptance? Yeah. There is, there is no, no, there's nothing bad, and there's only gain and blessing that can come from accepting things as is. I've dealt with students who were going through tough times and they were in objectively very tough like family situations right. and they refused to accept that this is, this is just how it is and they spent their whole life battling against the reality. And you can, you can spend enormous energy battling against the situation and wishing it wasn't so and why did it happen to me, and, right? A lot of people do this, it's very common. And trying to control other people. And then trying to control other people. Like, Rather than just say, it just is what it is. Let me start from now, from this situation. This is how it is now. I can't change it. I didn't probably bring it on. It wasn't my fault. Often the things we want to change are not even in our control. Just change and, and right out. And I'm just going to accept what is and then work out what's the next best step from here. And if we just did that, our whole lives would be different. Our whole lives would be different. And then rather than giving ourselves guilt trips and I feel bad because my life's not what it should have been and I should be like that person, right? This is all familiar, sound familiar. We do it to ourselves. We hear it from other people. It's, it's just so exhausting. Um, okay. So what I'm going to do now, where is this? Hang on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 
I got I had this meditation came to me on um oh came to me on Shabbos. I did it on Shabbos. Oh, that's what I'll do on Monday. Um, who's scared of water here? Anyone scared of water? Doesn't like water? Don't like water? Okay, so I'm going to give you an alternative plan B in the meditation. Um, for everyone else who like water, you feel good in water because it can't be in a, something emotionally that you don't like. Some people really just don't like water. They don't like swimming. They don't like water. Okay. Um, that's why I always check it out first because there's enough people that have felt that way. Okay, so what we're going to do now is um, just follow my voice. And have your mantra. At some point, we'll do a bit of mantra, but not really mantra. I want, I want to give you a, a taste of, of a state. Um, if you're not into it, you can open your eyes anytime. Just make sure you stay quiet so you don't interrupt other people. And um, if you fall asleep, don't worry. Enjoy the nap. We'll see you on the other side. Um, by the way, that happens all the time in meditation. If you're, if you're too tired and you go to meditate, you'll literally fall asleep, which is fine. It just means you need a nap. It is what it is. And it just means don't meditate when you're tired. Like the best times I find are in the morning, straight in the morning before the coffee. Otherwise, like you can't, it's too hard to sit down. Um, okay, so I'm going to do this totally with you. And um, does anyone need to have to leave? Does everyone have 15 minutes now? Okay, because leaving in the middle also will disrupt. <gasps> Lauren, you're going to love it. Are you sure? Can I sit on the ground? Yeah. My feet don't touch the floor. Oh, yeah. Oh. No, seriously. Okay. Don't worry about that, Lauren. Don't worry about it. I'm sorry. You'll, we'll, we'll give, I'll send you the recording. Oh, good one. Okay. So, everyone feel your feet on the ground. Feel your back against the chair. Take a deep breath in. And just allow yourself to be in this moment. However you are is totally fine. There's no right and wrong. There's no good and bad. It just is what it is. And you are what you are. And with each breath, just noticing, you can take your attention to the top of your head and giving yourself permission to relax. Just allowing a sense of relaxation to come down your scalp, your head, your forehead. Relaxing now easily, if you want to. Moving your attention down your face, in the back of your skull. Relaxing easily and effortlessly moving down your neck into your shoulders letting any tension go that you may have been carrying giving permission moving down your arms all the way into your fingers allowing yourself to feel relaxed as you want to And with each breath, just allowing yourself to drift, bless you, deeper and deeper. You move your attention down your chest, your back, all the way down into your stomach, relaxing easily and effortlessly. Just listening to my voice, nothing to do, nowhere to go just to be here in this moment right now. 
And as you drift deeper and deeper into this place of stillness and calm, just allowing your attention to still move down your back, relaxing anything that you become aware of. All the way into the pelvis, your hips, your legs, down your knees, to your calves, and into the tips of your toes. Relaxing easily and effortlessly. Drifting deeper, allowing any noises that you hear around you to just help you to drift deeper and deeper. Easily, effortlessly letting go. And it's here in front of you at this point. That you realize Hashem, God, is here with you right here, right now, in this moment. That you're not alone. And right here, right now, Hashem, God, is loving you unconditionally no matter what's going on. And just notice how that may feel when you bring your attention to that reality. And that right here, right now, no matter what is going on in your life, you are completely lovable and acceptable to Hashem. noise you hear just helps you to drift deeper and deeper into this place of realization that Hashem is right here right now in this moment with you personally and it's here in front of you right now for those those of you who enjoy water, that you see a beautiful pool. Glistening, clean. You notice it's the size of a mikvah. Big mikvah, small mikvah. Whatever size comes to mind. And for those of you that choose to feel drawn to this, you go over to the pool and you dip your foot in. It feels warm. It beckons you in. Somehow you just feel that this is a safe place to be. If 
for those of you that don't feel drawn to the pool, you sit on the edge, enjoying the nature around you. And as you walk into the pool, it goes up to your waist. You have an urge to sit down on the bottom of the pool, perhaps like you did once when you were a child and playing games. And as you start to go under the water, you notice that you can breathe under the water. And it's quiet and safe. And you notice that you start drifting deeper and deeper to the bottom of the pool where you can breathe easily. And safely. And as you're sitting here on the bottom of the pool or on the side of the pool, for those of you that did choose, choose not to go in. You notice that it's very easy to be still, calm, and peaceful. And as you look up to the top, to the surface of the water, it's as if your thoughts, all the worries, the thoughts, the memories, the daydreaming, the fantasies, the analyzing, they all drift on the top of the water. that you are down in a deeper, deeper place, calm, safe, and still. here that you could gently place your attention on your mantra again and just gently focus your attention on your mantra and when you notice you wander off just gently bring your attention back to the focus of the mantra and for the next couple minutes we'll just practice that bringing our focus back 
just gently resting it on the word as we sit in silence for a couple minutes. just in front of you, you see there's a ladder. And this ladder has ten rungs. And at the top of the ladder is the highest point of your soul. If you look up to the top of infinite light and connection. On top of this ladder, there's a sense of infinite love, tranquility, and acceptance, and compassion. There's a divine capacity and wisdom. As well as the calm and stillness that you're feeling, perhaps now. And you can't help but be drawn to this ladder as you start to step on the first rung to move up to this highest source of light and connection to your own soul. And you know that with each rung, you'll move up a level closer to the sense of infinite love and tranquility step on the first rung and in your mind you say one, one, one. And you step on the next rung, up, two, two, two. And then the next rung, as you get closer to the top, three, 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 moving closer to your higher self, four, the next rung, four, four. Step on the next rung, five, 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 feeling now a shift in a sense 
Something is getting closer. It is very good. As you step up to the next rung, six. 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 And on to the next seven. 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 Eight, eight, eight. Getting really close now to the top. And nine, nine, nine. And as you reach the top, ten, ten, ten. Sitting now completely in a sea of light sense of love, acceptance, compassion, allowing yourself to feel it, to sense that Hashem is here, right here, right now with you in this moment. And that you are very lovable. And as you sit here in this moment, just ask yourself the following question and see what Ani answers you. What would take you to the next level in your own growth? Just hear what the inner voice, your inner voice says back to you. Again, no judgment, no right and wrong. Just the first thing that pops to mind is usually the right one. What would take me to the next level of my growth that is doable, achievable, reachable, that would draw me towards my higher self? Just hear what comes back to you. And it's here before we come back into the room that we will continue to bring this feeling with us, knowing we can access it whenever we want. and to be able to expect the good. This is the real sense of the backdrop that is our lives.
when you're ready, feeling your feet on the ground. Five, feeling your back against the chair or your seat on the underneath you. Four, becoming aware of the noises in the room. Three, taking a deep breath. Two, and in your own time, when you're ready, gently, slowly opening your eyes. One, coming back into the room. to come back, isn't it? We could just sit here all night. <laughs> we could just sit here all night. No one going anywhere now. Love to hear from anyone. There's many different parts to that. Yeah. Um, so I meditate actually pretty often, um, so I'm like, okay, I got this. And then we started, and I like couldn't even quiet it out at all. That like, you couldn't quieten your no- the yeah, noise. Yeah, I was just like thinking about so many different things, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, well, I guess it's not my time tonight. Mm-hmm. And I think like Good. it was like ex- right when I did that, and I just accepted the fact that like this is uh-huh. where I'm at. And then all of a sudden, like white. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And that thought okay. happens so often. Yeah. Going from one extreme to the other. Yeah. Just through acceptance. Yeah. You literally did what we were saying. It's yeah. amazing. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. Just think of what happens if you apply that to your life. Yeah. In general, I'm saying it's amazing. Shifted the whole thing because you were able to just accept it. Okay, not, it's not my time. Great, amazing. How long do you think? 15 minutes. About, about yeah, oh, tw- nearly 20. Nearly 20? 20, I think, yeah. Wow. Why? It was long. Yeah, it was long. It was long, but kind of also It felt two seconds. Yeah. yeah, so the time distortion is very common in meditation yeah. when you're really in it. The first time I did it, because I don't really meditate, um, I like, didn't hear the air conditioning, or like, because I wasn't focusing on like, mm. I just, So this time it was uh, like a little bit harder because I was hearing her voice and I was hearing the mm-hmm. air I was hearing the door. Did it change when I said include every any sound helps you to drop deeper and deeper? Um, I kind of just like can't couldn't focus on. You couldn't focus. Hearing. Okay. Yeah. I'm also really tired. I know so. tired is hard when it's late. Yeah. yeah. How did you deal with the when the feeling that it was so long? <laughs> Kept dropping out of it. Yeah. Okay. It was long, especially for if you haven't meditated for a while. Usually start with 10 minutes. I just threw you in deep. <laughs> Was the water thing okay? Mm-hmm. That, okay. Yeah. No can, can a mantra be like fear? No. No? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, usually. It's not, no, it's not recommended. No, I was just wondering. No, because then you're reinforcing that concept in yourself and you don't right, want to do that. I was just wondering. Yeah. I was transported back to the mikvah in London when you mentioned that. Aww. That's so nice. That's so cute. I was in that room. 
I like what you said with the water, how, like, that's what you're trying to say. Like, whatever is going on in your life, just, like, put it there. And, like, you could actually connect with who you are as a person. Right, the I underneath, yeah. yeah. So, like, when I, I also I love meditating. So, like, when I meditate, I just focus on, like, m- like me, not, like, what's going on in my life. Yes. Like, pros on myself. The under, not, yeah. Right. Beautiful. At a certain point, I thought the water was a little bizarre. So I suddenly found myself like in my bed. I was also yawning, so this probably adds to it. Like in my bed, cuddled with my covers, and that just like nice comforting. Yeah. Was it a water bed? (laughs) (laughs) Was was, were you able to get to a level of stillness or calm that was not so typical, like not so easy to get to on your own? Yeah. You may not have. I'm just curious. I found it easier uh, listening to you talk than when it was just silent. Yeah, yeah. Because it gave my thoughts like something to latch on to. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it was a visualization that I was trying to lead you into a certain state. It was actually it was actually hypnosis. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it felt like. It felt like hypnosis. Huh? It's it's a hypnotic. It was a hypnotic induction that hypnosis just takes you into. Um, a realm of being able to connect with your subconscious act like meditation when you drop into a deep meditation you can access your subconscious mind and hypnosis takes you into the subconscious as well but it was just really about getting you into a, a place where you can access that depth so that's usually the, the sinking under the ocean under the water is you going down and down and down into that deeper place it's actually into delta brainwave level so that your brain waves go much more slowly and it's, it's interesting, that is the place of our deepest, deepest sleep, which is why you may have felt like you had a bit of a nap. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you learn how to meditate, you can do a 10-minute meditation in your day, and it's like you had a full-on power sleep. If you can slow down your brainwaves to the delta brainwave level, um, it's as powerful as a deep, deep, your deepest sleep. So that's why it's so recharging. To, it's better to meditate if you can know how to meditate well than to take a nap. It's really interesting. It's really interesting. I've heard people complain about um, not functioning well if they don't meditate no yeah. But now that you put it that way, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did, they did uh, what's it called? And they put the electrodes, EKG or E, whatever it's called. And they measured the brain waves of people when they know how to meditate versus also deep sleep. Where do you do it? Pardon? Or where did you do it when you said you did it all the time? Was it like in, in my house. Uh, yeah, I actually had a hammock overlooking Bondi Beach. <laughs> on my balcony and I would often do it Sounds out there terrible. <laughs> it was really it was really tough but I remember I remember it's interesting because there's this uh, with the inner world this is there's um, you can do uh, inner versus outer meaning you can ask yourself big questions about the world and space and all of those things like about the worlds those kind of questions in a meditative way and you can also um, go deeper deeper inside yourself so you can do it from more outer big questions of the world or or go into yourself in an inner way and both of them lead you to a sense of god and when i would meditate i didn't know any of this so i experienced it without the knowledge and then learnt the knowledge later and went whoa that's what happens um were you frustrated that you didn't know the knowledge no because it was more proof to me because i felt it Mm -hmm. i experienced certain things that but i remember like you know saying like is there a god like are you out there like that's what you know if you exist show me i want to know you know but it led me to that questioning the meditation when that's not the purpose that wasn't the purpose of me meditating originally i didn't believe in god at all i was just doing it for 
calm, relaxation, spiritual spiritual connection of some sort, but I didn't know what that meant to the universe, you know. Yeah. Jackie, can you record that? It's recorded. It's recorded. 